Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. Join us now as Pastor Keith Moore shares today's message. Yes, yes. We've been working with Jed, trying to get him to loosen up a little bit. I think we're having the right effect. I love it. I love it. Yes. Hey, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's summer. Happy summer. Glad you're here. And uh, happy for those of our members, church family, who are already getting away, vacation with family. Uh, it's a good time. You know, with this, uh, there are four seasons of the year, but in church life, in America, there are three seasons. There's the fall season in the life of a church family, like here at Dogwood, and there's some things that are unique about the fall ministry season. Starts first week of August when school starts, goes through Christmas. Then there is the winter-spring season, uh, start of a new year, moving toward Easter celebration. Uh, There's some unique things in the life of our family, in the life of any healthy church that happen in that season. Then there's a third season. It's the summer ministry season. That's what we're in now. Basically, it used to be when I was a kid, it was three months long. Now it's two months long. Sorry, kids. Um, June and, and July. Uh, But it is a time that's great for us to focus on spiritual refreshment. Uh, It's a change of pace. Kids are out of school. Sorry, moms. Uh, But kids are out of school. Life's different. More daylight at the end of the day. We we tend to uh, already make plans to maybe get away some. Let me encourage you to take June and July and focus on refreshing your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to do some things here I'm going to talk about in a moment. But I would encourage you to travel some, and in your travels, uh, maybe go to the, um, see the, the significant people that God used powerfully in your life, and maybe go to the significant places where God moved powerfully in your life. It's just kind of a pilgrimage. It's one of the spiritual habits. Uh, you'll find that he may meet you there and with them uh, again. Go to some of the great Bible conferences and retreats that happen around the country. I, for example, go online to the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove and, and, and see some of the great spiritual retreats that they're offering all summer. Uh, Ridgecrest Conference Center is... Um, one of our conference centers, uh, Southern California, Forest Home, maybe go to Glen Erie, uh, the Navigators uh, Retreat Center at, uh, in Colorado Springs. Check those out. Travel. Go, go to places where God's at work. And, uh, but make the summertime a time of spiritual refreshment. Now, that's what we're going to do here. In the months of uh, June and July... When we gather as a church family, we're going to focus on growing as Christians. We're going to focus on growing believers. And what we remember, what we define as growing, is growing in relational closeness to Jesus. Uh, And as we do, as we get to know Him better, He actually grows us as people. He transforms us. But those those are the benefits. That's not the point. He's the point. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago... As we were moving toward the end of our overload series, we talked about focusing life as one of the ways that God would have us restore order to overloaded lives. But we we defined what that focus was to be, didn't we? You remember that? 
It was not just to focus on anything. It was to focus on understanding, meeting, knowing, loving, enjoying Jesus. That he's the prize. He's the goal. He's the treasure, the relationship with him. Now, I heard from several of you, uh, some immediately when the services were over, uh, who said, um, Pastor, I'm in. I believe you. I just don't know how. You didn't tell us how. How do we get to know him better? Well, if you thought a moment, you could probably answer that question, most of you who are already followers of Jesus. But I want to I take you this morning uh, to deal with, with that issue. You know, we are all, in, everyone in this room, is well, everyone on the planet is positioned somewhere relationally to Christ. Every person in the world, and I didn't say every person is in a relationship with him, but they're positioned somewhere on the continuum. Let me see if I can draw this out a second. Let's, let's, say, that, let's say that this is the, the Lord Jesus. Well, there's kind, of a, there's kind of a relational continuum. And some people are closer to him. Uh, than others. Some know him better than others. Some love him more than others. Some are enjoying his presence in their life more than others. Some of you may be far, far away relationally from Jesus. And uh, let's say that you are, uh, maybe you're ignoring Jesus. So that's as far as you can be. That's pretty much as far as you can be away. It's just, you don't care, just apathetic, just ignoring, just no big deal. Some of you are hostile toward Jesus and the things of Jesus. You're mad at God, you're mad at his people, you're, you get mad about it for, for some reason. Now you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean people who are ignoring or just apathetic or further away from Jesus than those who are hostile? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, God says that himself. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I want to spew you out of my mouth. And uh, so, but some of you are hostile to Jesus. Some of you are actually exploring Jesus. I mean, you're, you're, you're checking him out. You're, you're interested. You might consider yourself a spiritual seeker. You're, you're pursuing him. You want to know if he's God, and if he is, you want to know him. You want to know him. Some of you are there. And then there's a, there's a transition point. Some of you, at some point in your exploration of Jesus, place your faith in him. You come to the cross. And, and this, this is a... This is a here is darkness, here is light. Here is death, here is life. Uh, you, chant, you become a follower of Jesus. And so you're a new believer, and so some of you are new believers, and you're, you're now growing in your relationship to Jesus. You're, you're, you're excited, you've met him, you're getting to know him, you're, you're, you're uh, enjoying this journey with him. Others of you would consider yourself now, you're, you're close to Christ. I mean, he's very important to you. And you, if someone described, you ask you to describe your relationship, you would, you'd say, well, we're, we're close. We're close. Some of you uh, are Christ-centered. I mean, he's the very center of your life. He is your very life. He is, he is, 
as we say in some of our songs, He is your everything. Now, everybody is somewhere on this continuum. The, the question comes, how do we move? Especially when we're on this side of the cross, when we're believers, we, we've met Him. So now how do, we, how do we move? How do we get to, to know Him? There is our problem. That's our problem. Now, the good news is, is that God, the God of the Bible, has given us in the Bible, modeled as we study the life of Jesus and taught in the Scriptures, spiritual activity, spiritual activities, uh, spiritual actions, spiritual habits, spiritual uh, behaviors uh, that, that He will use, let's call them spiritual pathways, that will move us into the presence of Jesus so that we can spend time with Him and get to know Him better and better. Spiritual pathways. Now, there are many of these practices. There are many spiritual pathways that the Bible uh, gives us, exercises, habits that move us into the presence of Jesus so that we can spend time with Him. Uh, and that's, that's how it, it works. Uh, how many of you, we're, we're talking about vacation Bible school, how many of you in vacation Bible school or in Sunday school as a kid learned the story of Zacchaeus? Raise your hand really high. Zacchaeus was a, and a, he, yeah, you got it. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Well, now in the story, Zacchaeus a very wealthy man, a tax collector. He was far from God. It was the people of God hated him. He was a crooked guy. He was a materialistic guy. But he'd heard about this Jesus that was going to be coming through his hometown. And so he left where he was and went to the place where Jesus would be. And he encountered him. Spiritual pathway, spiritual habits that the Bible gives us do that. They, they take us to the place where Jesus is so that we can spend time with Him. Now, today, we're going to focus on one. And um, it is the most powerful. I think it's the first spiritual activity uh, that, that we need to jump in on. In fact, we're going to take the rest of the summer and focus on these. And here's, here it is. It is reflecting on the Scripture. Reflecting on the Scripture. And you can know the Lord Jesus better and better by reflecting on the Scripture. You can. You can get to know Him better and better by meeting Him in His Word. And today I want to teach you, uh, begin to teach you how you go about that. Now this is not going to be sensational. This is not, they're not going to write up this sermon in the newspaper. You're not going to leave here going, wow, man, that's cool. It's not going to be posted all over you know, Facebook and Twitter and that kind of thing. However, it is going to be powerful. What I'm about to teach you is the spiritual activity that has been the single most powerful spiritual activity to help me know, love, and enjoy Jesus in my life. You may be able to do some other things to get to know Jesus better after you are practicing this, but nothing before, nothing before, reflecting on the Scriptures. Now, there are going to be eight, count them, eight messages in June and July, the rest of June and the rest of July, that uh, uh, where we will focus on God's Word. Uh, the first four, the remaining uh, four Sundays of June, we will be looking at Galatians chapter 5. And all the messages will be right out of Galatians chapter 5, uh, which, where we will learn more about living life in the Holy Spirit. 
living life in the Spirit. Uh, the, the final four of the summer in July, uh, I'm not going to deliver those. I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to deliver those. I have asked my pastor, Dr. Jimmy Draper, uh, former president of Lifeway Christian Resources in Nashville, Tennessee, largest Christian publishing house in the history of the world. Uh, prior to that, for 16, 17 years, the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Euless, Texas, where I served with him, and uh, he was my pastor there. Still, the best Bible teacher and preacher I've ever known, week in and week out. He's coming every Sunday in July. I can't wait. And he's going to deliver the, uh, the four in July picking four strategic passages of Scripture that speak, again, strategically to believers to help them grow in relational closeness to the Lord Jesus Christ because you can get to know Him better and better if you will reflect on the Scriptures. Now, we are going to use these to help you grow, but we're also going to use these to teach you the habit of reflecting on the Scriptures for your Self, and so today is the uh, is the beginning of uh, of that. Now, here's what I recommend: we give you a note section in the bulletin each week. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. Get a notebook. Get a journal. Just start getting a journal. We'll, if we can figure out a way, we'll get a resource table and start selling them and providing them out there. But just get a journal. Doesn't have to, you know, anyone that works for you. And bring it to services and bring it to your life group when you're studying the Scriptures together and when we're teaching from the Scriptures here in the services. Write down what God says to you and also use it daily in your personal time with Jesus as you spend time with Him in the Scriptures. So I recommend you get a notebook. When you fill that one up, just date that one, get another one, put that one on the shelf and keep them, but uh, start with a notebook. Now, let's assume that uh, it's, it's, it's Monday morning and I'm going to try to spend some time with Jesus in His Word. Well, I've given you an acrostic and uh, I, need you, I need some of you to do something for me. You can't write this down doing this. So everybody unhook your arms. Yeah, get a, get some, you can get an offering envelope right on it. You know, you may be moved to put something in it later, but get an offering envelope uh, because you can write this outline down on the back of that offering envelope. I want you to have this so you'll remember it. You'll remember it. Here's an acrostic to help you remember what you do to get into the presence of Jesus through His Word. It's a little acrostic that spells the word SOAP, S-O-A-P. Uh, it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Say it with me. Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Now, the first thing you do is you pick a, a, a verse of Scripture. I'm going to give you some directions on that at the end of the talk here. But, uh, and you, you, you start with Scripture. I mean, the Bible says this in Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living and effective sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says it this way, All Scripture is inspired by God. It mean, the, the literal translation is God breathed. This is the very Word of God. The only time that you know God is actually speaking for sure in any worship service is when somebody's reading the Scriptures. And when you're reading them, He's speaking to 
you. Uh, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Jesus said in Mark 13, 31, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You start with Scripture. It is the very words, uh, the very word of God to you and me. And so you write that out. Now, O stands for observation. O stands for observation. Uh, Let me describe what I mean by observation. Observation means that you look intently into into the Scripture to see all that's there. A couple of stories. Uh, Dr. Lewis Agassiz was the famous naturalist and geologist, uh, also taught some biology at Harvard University at the end of the 19th century, one of the most influential scientists in, in the history of the Western world. The, the story is told, was actually written down by one of his students who'd gone to study with him at Harvard uh, about his first day in the lab with uh, Professor Agassiz. Here's what he did. He told him, he said, I want you to go, go get a fish. And he had a, you know, preserved a pickled fish in a jar and brought it out and put it on a tray. And he said, I want you to um, take all the time you will and observe, note everything you can learn simply by looking at the fish. And I want you to write it down. And then I want you to tell me what you've discovered. And the professor left the lab. Well, the student stayed there for 30, 40 minutes, about an hour, and thought, well, okay, I pretty much captured everything I can see. Started looking for his professor and couldn't find him. Didn't find him the rest of the day. So he shows up the next morning at the same time in the lab, and um, his professor, Professor Agassiz, came in, and he said, so what did you learn? What did you learn? And he told him a few things, and he said, so now what are we going to do? He said, look, look, look at the fish, and write down everything you see. And he left again. You guessed it, third day, same thing. Well, the man who recorded this experience began to tell about how as he just for three days looked at this fish, he began to notice things that he had hydroplaned over. And he began to learn the skill of observation, seeing what is actually there. When you come to the Scriptures, that's what you're to do. Observe. We take, we, we look and see what is there. Now there are two aspects. Well, listen to this. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says it this way. This book of instruction, God is speaking, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, The one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and, per- and perseveres in it, this person will be blessed in what he does. So you've written down a, a verse of Scripture, a small chunk of Scripture, and you begin to observe it. Now there are two aspects to this observation. There is content and interpretation. Number one, content. Number two, interpretation. I'm actually... Rolling this interpretation is actually a separate step, but it messed up my word soap. So I just put it in observation. I'm just going to confess it there. But here, here's what you want to do as you observe. You want to look at the content. What does it 
say, and you want to keep it in the historical setting, not what does it, do you think it means. What is here? What is he saying? What does it say here? And, and, and you say, who said it? To whom? What did they say? Why did they say it? How did they say it? I mean, it just you ask all those questions, and you, you, you just capture what it said. And then you ask the Lord, what is the timeless principle? That's what it said in the historical setting to those people. What are you saying to us? Not just to me. A, a terrible question to ask in a group is, what does this verse mean to you? It doesn't mean anything to you. It means what it means. This is not subjective. Some say, you can make the Bible mean anything you want it to. No, you can't. You may be wrong. Bible means what it means. It means what it means. And so what is the timeless principle uh, that applies to, uh, to believers of all ages there? And then you write that out. So S stands for, O stands for, First thing when we're doing observation, we look for the what? Content. Then we look for what? The meaning, interpretation. What does it say? And then what does it mean? What does it say? And what does it mean? A stands for application. Application. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Doers of the word and not hearers only. James goes on in, in verses 23 through 25, and he gives an illustration. He said, uh, to look at the Scriptures and not do what it says, to be a hearer and not a doer, to be a reader and not a doer, to be a studier and not a doer, he says it's a total waste of time. And he, he, he says it's like this. Uh, he describes a man who gets up in the morning and goes and looks in the mirror, in the bathroom mirror. Did you do that this morning? Got up and surveyed the damage. Right? Sure you did. You know, oh, you know hair's this way, shave, and, you know, just your appearance. And you, He says, he describes a man who takes it all in and then goes on about his day and does nothing about what he saw. He said, why would you have a mirror? Why would you look in the mirror if you're not going to take advantage of what you learned he said, it is the same thing to go to the Word of God, always be wanting to learn and know and, and, and see. But if you don't apply it, God says it's a total waste of time. A total waste of time. So we apply it to our lives. John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus said it this way, If you know these things, you are blessed if you, what? Do them. And so... So, what do you, so how do you get to a personal application? Well, here are the questions that I ask the Lord Jesus. Remember, you are with Him, right? That's the point. You are in His presence, in His Word. And so when I get to this point, I ask Him out loud, Okay, Lord Jesus, from this passage that we've been soaking in, what do you want me to know? Lord Jesus, what do you want me to be or become? What kind of person do you want me to become? Uh, what, what, what kind of character do you want me to, to have? You know, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to know, Lord Jesus? Or is there something here that would tell me what you want me to 
B, what do you want me to do? Is the third one I ask. Is there, are, is there, are you telling me some action to take? What do you want me to do? Here, here's the wrap-up. I ask a fourth one. Lord, how do you want me to be different today because of my time with you in this passage? How do you want me to be different today because of my time with you in this passage? And then you write down what he, what he prompts you to write down. You will begin to see that. So here we go. You ready? Ready? S stands for? O, o stands for? When we're observing, we look for two things. First is content. What does it say? And second is interpretation. What does it mean? And then A stands for? Okay. P stands for what you think it does. Prayer. Prayer. In light of what you have uh, learned and studied and, and heard from in your time with Jesus, write out a sentence prayer. Get it into a sentence related to your encounter with Jesus, asking for His help that can stay on your mind and in your heart and on your lips as you go through the day. And you keep praying it to Him throughout the day. So, S-O-A-P. Now, let me give you an illustration of what this looks like. I wish I could get it all on one screen, but I can't. So uh, here is a, I lifted one right out of my journal that you, uh, uh, and I did a short one. So I mean, you can see this is doable. Now, I titled it Marching Orders, and the topic was prayer. Now, I wrote this last because I waited until I got all the way through the time with Jesus to determine what I need to title this and what the subject was, what he was dealing with me on. Because then, then I, I keep a table of contents, and I go back, and if I want to see everything that the Lord has dealt with me on the issue of prayer or evangelism or loving my enemies, then I can go through my table of contents and see it, that where that topic shows up and go back and review what God said. I wrote this last, but... Here's how it looks on the page. Title is Marching Orders. The topic is prayer. S, here's the scripture that I picked for the day. It is Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, what you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. And so then I spent some time in observation. And here's what I wrote down after soaking in it. Here's what it says. Jesus told his disciples that he would speak to them in the darkness and whisper in their ears. The disciples were to speak it in the light and proclaim it from the housetops. I said, well, Pastor, you just wrote down like what it said. Yep. I mean, that's what you do. You, you make sure you know what it is saying. What it is saying. And then I wrote down what it means. The theological timeless truth of the passage that applies to all followers of Jesus in all ages. Jesus will speak to Christians when we are quiet and alone with him and we are to communicate what he tells us openly. So that, that's what I wrote down. Here's the application. So Lord, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? And here's what I wrote. I wrote, what a great word. Here's what I'm going to do. I will make time each day to be alone and quiet with Jesus in order to listen to him in prayer, not only talk to him in prayer. It reminded me that this is a converse, prayer is a conversation, not a monologue. How many of you, you got your phone with you, 
And the phone rings and you can look down and see who it is. And sometimes you go, whoa, buddy, I'm not answering that. I'll be committing to 45 minutes. How many of you got that? You got, and you know, and you're not going to get to say anything, right? You know, yeah, okay, yep. Sometimes when we ring up God, he looks and says, I'm not going to get to say a thing, but I'm going to answer. Hello. And then we're just, you know, rapid fire, you know, like beating him with a rubber hose. And you never listen. And I realized, whoa, he's saying, you, 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 you got to be quiet, just like in the dark where you can hear a whisper and spend some time quiet and alone and tell me what's on your heart, but listen, listen to me. And then here's my prayer that I wrote down for me for the day. Lord Jesus, help me to hear you today. I want to be still that I may hear your marching orders for my day, my week, and for my life. Speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. And so I would go through my, that, that day, that particular day, I remember it well, I just went through the day and just saying, speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. Got in my truck, speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. Went to lunch, speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. Sitting at my desk, doing correspondence, speak to me, Lord, I'm all ears, I'm listening, I'm listening. It just became my prayer uh, for the day. Uh, he really used it to change me. That's just an example. You see what I mean? See, you can do this. You can do this. And imagine uh, your future growing closer and closer to Jesus, knowing Him better, loving Him more, enjoying Him more, uh, and, and therefore being transformed into His image, which, by the way, He will do as you spend time with Him. Time with Him. Uh, you can do this. Now, I want to give you some action steps. I have, you know, I have the prettiest new granddaughter in the world, right? Right? You know I do. Yours is second, but mine's best and prettiest. And, uh, and so I've, we've been enjoying watching her. When we first got her, she was crawling. And uh, about a month ago, she started walking, definitely toddling. I call her teeter-toddling, you know. And, uh, and she's, but when you, she holds your hand, she's wanting to run. She can't do it. She'll start and, you know, she'll let her feet run out from under her and she can't quite do it. But the day will come when she'll want to be able to run. In our relationship to Jesus, when we start these spiritual exercises, the applications that we may need to apply, we might need to start at the crawl stage and then maybe go to the walk stage and then maybe go to the run stage. I just want to give you some options uh, of some actions you can take in light of what you've heard this morning, take a look at the screen and take a look at your uh, communication card on your bulletin, and you can indicate some of these. Uh, you can let me know if you're doing these or, or not, but these are for you. These are for you and, and Jesus. If you want to get started in the month of June, uh, here's some crawl steps. Commit to attend all five Sunday messages or listen to them online if you miss a Sunday. It's easy. It's online. You can download them and, uh, and listen to them. Uh, read the fifth chapter of Galatians, which we will start into next week. Read it once a week. Or, and or reflect on a verse, one verse from Galatians chapter 5 in my journal one day a week. Got it? Or maybe you're ready to do some walking. Here's some walking steps. Uh, attend all five Sundays. You're here. Read Galatians chapter 5 once a day. Not once a week, but once a day. Read it every day for the month of June. And reflect on verses 
of your selection from Galatians chapter 5 in your journal three days a week. Step it up from one to three. Maybe you're ready to sprint, run just a little bit here. Here's some run steps. Attend all five Sundays. Review all five Sunday messages online during the week with the other members of your life group. Make this review your life group meeting content for the summer. Uh, Just go online, pull them up there, re-listen to this message, and then help each other drill down on it a little bit more, to press it into your soul. Uh, Memorize Galatians chapter 5. It's about 26 verses, I think. Uh, Memorize Galatians 5 in the month of June and reflect on verses from Galatians 5 in your journal five days a week. Now, jump in there anywhere because this is about, remember, not only the truth of the passage that we're going to get to soak in, but it's God helping you develop the spiritual practice of reflecting on the scriptures to spend time with him. If you do anything 35 days in a row, it becomes a habit, whether it's something good or something bad, whether it's something profitable or something destructive. So we're taking on more than 35 days, almost two months to to develop this way of being with Jesus. Got it? Okay. Well, we're going to pray. We've got some time to pray together. And I'm going to ask our uh, elders and our ministers, our staff, uh, also any uh, group leaders, ladies, and if you're a group leader, uh, uh, men, if you're a group leader, if you'd just come stand across the front, maybe around the sides, somebody stand in the back so the people under the balcony can get to you. Uh, is that Eric up there? One of our elders is in the balcony. Here's what I want you to do. If, if you have... Uh, If there is a person or an issue that's causing you worry, causing you concern, uh, or people and issues, now's a good time to pray. You may pray on your own right where you're seated. You may come and kneel at the front, but it's good to have people pray for you. We're going to be here. I see only two of us. Any of you deacons who were inactive elders, I need you up up here. Anybody, Anybody who's comfortable praying for people. We're going to need more than these three, four, five of us. So nobody's here. Okay. There you go. There you go. Thanks, James. Jay. Thank you, Gail. So we're just going to move into a time of prayer and uh, then we'll sing to God. Let's pray. Lord, help us draw near to you as we pray. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.